Welcome to episode eight of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, and I'm joined by Matt, Andrew, and Matt. And today we're going to recap the games against Florida and LIU. Unsurprisingly, as we've seen so far this year, a couple of blowouts. So starting with the Florida game, which was played earlier this week, UConn went to Gainesville, won by 21, 74 to 53. Really just a dominant performance from start to finish. Uh, Matt, what'd you like from the Florida game? Um, The majority of the stuff I liked about the Florida game is how composed they stayed. Um, this was their first time going into enemy territory, so I felt like a lot of the questions that we had to be answered in this game. Uh, Florida's no slouch of a team. You know, they're historically a pretty pretty decent team. Seemed like they had an off night tonight, uh, that night. But, you know, you can't underestimate uh, Florida, especially at home down in Gainesville. Um, I think we came in and we made easy work of a game that shouldn't have been easy work. Uh, and we kind of just proved ourselves again as to why you know, we're a top three team in the nation. I think our ranking is a little underranked still. I think we should keep moving up until uh, we lose, uh, which I'm not, I'm not sure when that will be. But overall, the Florida game was just a great display uh, for a team that was unproven on the road. Yeah, Matt, and you mentioned it with the composure. That's just the main theme I'm starting to see from this team this season, which makes them so different from past UConn teams and other teams this year. Gainesville is not an easy environment at all. They're crazy. You know, first of all, it's college kids. Second of all, they're in Florida. Third of all, they have really good athletics generally. So I'm glad that you brought up the composure there because that's definitely the uh, main takeaway I'm taking from the season is composure and maturity. And it was nice to see that on the road that they were punching back whenever they got punched. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw them out in Portland. Those were neutral site games, even though the game versus Oregon, pretty much home game for the Ducks. But yeah, the first true road game. And this is actually, I saw the stat this morning really surprised me. The first road non-conference win in six years for UConn back to 2016 against Loyola Marymount, where they escaped with a 65-62 win. So it's been six years. You don't usually play too many non-conference road games. It's usually one, maybe two per year. But it's just it's been a while since that happened, and to be in such a dominant fashion is so good to see. You know, going on the road early in the season is always tough because, you know, you get used to playing at home all these non-conference games, and you got to go to a place that's got real passionate fans like Florida. I mean, I saw on Twitter, Dave Ford just said the fans were just like ours, lining up four hours before the game. And, I mean, like Connor said, I think we made a really tough game look pretty easy just by the way we played. I mean, we really just tuned out the fans and just made the Gators our easy work. And I love to see that. I love to see this team just battling every night and defeating pretty much every opponent easily that we played this year. Yeah, I'll run through some stats real quick from this game. Just another dominant game from the center position, the duo of Sonogo and Klingon. Sonogo, 17.7 boards, Klingon, 16-8. and eight. He went 8-9 and nine from the field. I'm going to go on a limb here and say UConn has the best center grouping in college basketball. I don't think it's really close. I mean, to have an All-American candidate in Sonogo and then the freshman Klingon, who he's probably – for he didn't play great competition in high school, Bristol Central. Not 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 great schools, but and people are saying he's not ready, but I think he's ready. He's proven that and then some against some of these top schools. So 
I, I'm going to say the, be- the best group of centers in the nation goes to the UConn Huskies, without a doubt. Yeah, the depth of the team really is just a game changer. This is depth like we've never had before because you basically have a second starting lineup coming out and playing all their bench guys, which is which is why I feel like we get on these big rolls. We held their bench to five points against Florida, which uh, on the road is sort of ridiculous. Uh, they had a rotation of about nine, ten guys, and two of them on the bench scored. Uh, so Klingon and all those guys came out and really just shut them down, which is fantastic. Yeah, and what we're talking about Klingon, um, I was just thinking about this today. He keeps putting up these crazy stat lines. Like against Florida, he had 16 points, eight boards, and three blocks in 19 minutes. And I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but today against LIU, he had 21 points in 15 minutes. Um, I don't really know where you find advanced statistics. Connor, you probably know better than me. Is it like Ken Palm or something like personal player advanced statistics? I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Yeah, somewhere but there. if you average it out to per 30 minutes, he has to be first of all, one of the most productive players in the country for 30 minutes and also one of the most efficient because he missed one shot over the last two games. So that's just something I was thinking about today is his per 30 has to be crazy because you don't really see many games where he's playing over 20 minutes. And if he does, it's like 21 minutes. Yeah, what he's doing, it's effortless. I mean, you just hand him the ball, he'll just dump it in the hoop, two points. And he, he doesn't miss, as we said, eight, eight of nine against Florida, and I'll also jump ahead, 10 of 10 against LIU. He went, he went 18 for 19 in a Division One game back-to-back. That's very impressive, even, even for a 7-2 center going against shorter competition. And we'll just go a couple more stats from the Florida game. Jordan Hawkins, 15 points. Andre Jackson, another great athletic game from him, eight points, eight boards, led the team at four assists. And Joey Cal- Calcaterra really just keeps on surprising me every night. I think maybe he'll have, this is the game he'll finally cool down, but nope, 11 points and four or seven from the field. So all in all, just a really, really impressive win on the road against a tough Florida team. The record, they're six and four after that game, but I think they're better than that. They're in the SEC. It's a great test. And any last thoughts from the Florida game from any of you? I think Calcaterra's becoming just like our guy, Tyler Pauly. I mean, he's that guy who, you know, you can trust him to hit a big shot when you really need it. I mean, we haven't necessarily needed a three to put us up by one like we did from Polly. But, you know, if we need, if we're struggling in games, we need Calcaterra to blow it open. We know he can. And that's why I'm really liking him so far. He can be real, real good for us this year. Yeah, the way a lot of these guys have bought into the system like uh, Joey has, uh, you know, Joey coming from San Diego was a big part of their team, like the, a big part of their offense. But the way he came into UConn and kind of just bought into the system immediately, and you know, put sort of that to the side. He came in and he accepted his role as like a bench scorer rather than, you know, trying to be the entire offense. I feel like that is fantastic. And I feel like uh, we don't talk about much about how a lot of these guys have come in and have had to kind of just put themselves to the side for the team and how well they've done it and how well Hurley's been able to get them to buy in. Uh, but yeah, no, just very good uh, to see. Yeah, Matt, that's a good point. It's guys like Tristan Newton and uh, Naheem Aline and um, Joey Calcaterra, who respectively were stars in their own right at their schools. And they're really coming in. They're not really putting up the points, but they're winning a lot of games. And another thing I have about the Florida game was Colin Castleton, who 
he really is like one of the premier bigs in the country. Like he's really good and he's been around for a little while and he struggled against us. You know, he didn't, he shot under 50%. He was working hard for every basket he got. So that was just nice to see how our big stacked up against Castleton ultimately won the battle, you know, won the game and won the efficiency and scoring battle and rebounding battle. Yeah, for Castleton, he's going against Sonogo, who's more of a wide, big body type. And then, oh, when he comes out, just bring out the 7-2 guy to block every shot you take. It's really a tough night for any opposing center, even if they're at the level of Castleton. And I have one last thought here, Florida, before we move on. Alex Caravan was really he, – I, he was in foul trouble. He really was non-existent. He had the three points. It was a great three-pointer he hit in transition. But I'll kind of – I'll make this the bridge, the LIU game. He had three points against Florida, and he came out with 19 points and eight boards against the Sharks today. It just shows, even for a freshman, usually like you see, oh, he has a bad game. It may stick with him for a while. He just he scratched it. You went out the next day, and he balled out. And in just 21 minutes, 19 points. And, yeah, I guess we'll just continue on with the LIU game, a 114-61 to victory. I should have done my research before. I don't know the last time we scored 114 points in a game. It's definitely been a while. Um, Jordan Hawkins had a career high six three pointers, twenty two points, and anyone have anything to say on Hawkins? Yeah, um, his catch and shoot is just so quick, and he's pretty solid off the dribble shooting. But his catch and shoot, the way he just sets his feet, rises up, he has like an athletic jumper. He jumps high; it's hard to block. He has one of the smoothest just catch and shoots in college basketball. I think he just catches it, gets his feet set, and by the time you know it, he's shooting, and you're not contesting it, even if you have a hand in his face. Yeah, you know, Hawkins, I think, is really starting to find himself. But, I mean, back to Connor's point earlier about the best center duo, I heard a quote during the broadcast today from John Fanta. It's like, you know, something that teams do that they think is smart is if someone like Sonogo has three fouls in the second half or even two in the first half, you know, you're obviously going to try to get him to foul more and you take a deep breath and you're like, Oh, thank God we fouled him out of the game. Oh, never mind. You got seven foot two Donovan Kling coming off the bench to take his spot. So, you know, I feel like that's something that could get us really deep in the big East tournament and even the tournament in March is having those two, the big strong guy in Sonogo. And then if he gets in trouble, you got the seven foot two, as uh forget what her name was, but the student who won the poster contest today called him Kling Kong. Thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about is you don't really lose production when Sonogo comes out. You actually gain production in shop blocking, maybe even a little bit in efficiency. When Klingon's in there, like you don't miss a beat. And he brings different things that Sonogo can't do as well as him. And so it's pretty unreal. I dare to say. We have two top 30 centers in college basketball. I don't know. That was a weird number. That's kind of like Bill Walton's top six list, but that's how I feel about that. Yeah, the consistency has just been fantastic this year. Um, looking back to last year and even the year before, you know, we'd find ourselves in situations where we, we desperately need a bucket and we have no idea where the ball is going or we don't know uh, if any of the guys on the floor are going to be able to, you know, get us that, that big time bucket. It's improved. Over the past three years, I'd definitely say with RJ Cole, he could get us huge buckets. Ty Polly could get us huge buckets. But this year, I feel like every player on the team can hit a shot if they need to. There's not one player where I don't feel comfortable with the ball in their hands. 
uh, Jackson firing at the rim, uh, Newton flinging a three, Hawkins shooting a three, Sinogar, Caravan anywhere in the paint, Kakatera from a three. I mean, Aline is a little inconsistent, but he'll get there. There's no way he stays inconsistent all year. It's just the, the overall consistency of the team is something that I feel like we've always lacked, and this year definitely has taken a few steps forward. For sure. You don't know who's going to lead in scoring every night. It could be a different person. Like tonight, we had four guys with 16 or more points, and that doesn't include Andre Jackson, who has a great game without scoring the ball, or a guy like Joey Calcaterra, who adds his 9 to 10 points off the bench. So really a deep team scoring the basketball, something we've been missing in past years. Like we had, I believe, 61 points in the first half or something like that. There were games a few years ago we didn't break 61 in the full 40 minutes. So just it shows how far we've gotten in the in the past few years. Yeah, and just one other thing I want to point out from this game is that was another game where UConn shot over 40% from three, and these games are stacking up. I don't know how many it's been. Again, I should have done my research on this before, but it's got to be like four or five at this point. If you shoot over 35%, that's a good three-point shooting game. And there's just been multiple games with extremely efficient three-point shooting numbers. And you can tell it's not a fluke. It's a theme with this team that they're going to be shooting the cover off the ball. So, Yeah, and speaking of shooting the cover off the ball, I mentioned Hawkins, six and nine from three. He's taking approximately nine to 12 threes a game. I thought if you told me that before the year, I think that's too much. We need to get more guys involved, but I think it's the perfect volume for him. I feel like every time in transition, if we have the ball, he's open on the perimeter. Let him shoot it. See what he's got. And I want to touch on Nahima Lean as well. He's well, we'll all agree. He struggled out of the gate. He's not, he hasn't been a bad player, but he's had his struggles the first month or so of the season. He had 11 points today, two, two of three from three. So he, he, he kind of, he kind of broke out in a way, broke out of his slump, I'd say, because he he was a starter before Andre came back. And I think he still has the ability to play those starter minutes as the season goes on. It's just getting the confidence level back up. He, he has the he has the ability. As we remember, he had that big game in the tournament where he scored nearly 30 points for Virginia Tech against, I believe, Florida a couple of years ago. So he definitely has the ability to score the ball. Uh I want to touch on Tristan Newton, and I, one of you had the stats. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. He went 0 for 5 from the field today, had two points, and he was a plus 39 in the box score. It just shows, obviously, he played an inferior LIU team, but even if he's not scoring the basketball, he's doing the other things. He had seven assists. He's making plays as a point guard should do. Yeah, like I said, everything about uh, Newton is very valuable. Um, what he brings, his size, his athleticism. He gets to the bucket really well. Um, you know he can hit those threes. So you know that these aren't like how he regularly plays. You know, these are very obviously off nights. I don't remember how many threes he had in the PK tournament that one game. I think he had like four, five. He had like 20. He was our leading scorer. He had like 26 points. So, yeah, I mean, even when these players have off nights, you need to know that they're bringing something else to the table, which I feel like Newton does very, very well. You know, seven assists. His, his plus minus, he hits his free throws. So, you know, you're getting something out of every day. And that's the biggest difference from last year to this year is last year when your starting point guard, RJ Cole, was struggling, you thought that really you probably weren't going to be in the game because the offense was always in his hands. But, you know, somebody like Newton struggles and 
you know you have other guys who are going to make the offense work. And even if Newton's struggling offensively, I mean, he still had seven assists. He's doing the right things to get the point score, you know. So I think that's one of the biggest differences from last year to this year is that somebody's struggling, the rest of the team's going to pick him up pretty easily. Yeah, so I think that'll just about do it for the LIU game. And that means UConn finishes non-conference play 11-0. First time they're 11-0 since I believe I saw 2008. So let's just show this team is special. And so that means conference play is up. Big East play is here starting on Saturday against Butler. So I'll go around. I want to ask you guys, what's the biggest matchup you're looking forward to in Big East play this year? Matt, what's yours? Uh, you know, I'm always looking forward to St. John's at the Garden. Um, especially this year, St. John's looked like a very, very tough team. Uh, I feel like that, the energy for that game is just going to be electric. I feel like going into the Garden, I feel like we're going to have a huge uh, chip on our shoulder. Um, you know, we want to see how we do on the bigger stages and the bigger stadiums and the bigger games. And I feel like that game overall is just going to be very important for our players. So I'm going to go with St. John's at the Garden. I'm going to go with Creighton just because if we're going to beat Creighton, this is probably the year because we haven't seen it yet. And those guys live rent-free in my head. There's nothing I hate more than seeing a guy in a Creighton Blue Jays jersey. No disrespect to Greg McDermott. He's got a good team over there. But they just live rent-free in my head. And they're also the second-best team in the Big East this year. So if we beat Creighton, first of all, we could probably win the Big East. Second of all, we'll just beat Creighton, which is enough for me. Cannot wait to be in attendance when we wipe the floor with the Villanova Wildcats on December 28th. That is the one that I'm most looking forward to because, you know, obviously Villanova, you know, we had seen that they were struggling pretty badly in that PKI. I think they lost to who? Portland, Iowa State, and then Oregon, I believe. Um, and, you know, people said that oh, Villanova just stinks this year, but Villanova-UConn rivalry is I think the biggest one in the Big East, and, you know, any win against Villanova feels huge. So that's the one I can't wait for. I was going to say, yeah, you never know with those games against our big rivals. You know, you're going to get the best out of them every single time you play them. So you can't go in expecting to blow them out. So, you know, those are very important games. I want to go with Providence. We played them at home last year in early December. We lost a close one. And our second game with them was canceled because of COVID concerns. So we we only played them once last year. And the first year that we uh we could have fans in attendance and we lost a close one. So I'm real. I really want to see us first. I want to see us beat them at home. And I also want to see us go on the road to formerly the dunk. Now that they call it the amp. And I want to see how we do there. Obviously a great big East rivalry, Providence and Yukon. I really want to see how we fare in an environment like that. We know Gainesville is a tough environment to play, but it's just a different different energy when you're playing a local rival like Providence. And I think one last thing here, if you didn't see on the, my Instagram, UConn Updates, we have a sponsor for this for this podcast now. It's SeatGeek. And SeatGeek, you can get tickets for really any sporting event you want, any concert. I know you can definitely get UConn tickets on there, maybe for cheap, maybe for cheaper for some games like Creighton or Villanova, some of those bigger games. So if you find the seats you want and you plug in code HBTH for How About Them Huskies, you can get $20 off your first order. And that really helps us as a podcast, and it helps you. It's a great deal. I mean, those tickets are expensive. Like, what, Andrew, did you say, like, how expensive are the Creighton ones going for right now, if you remember? 
Yeah, the Creighton ones are going for over 200. The Villanova ones are 90 to 120. So, you know, use literally a code that has four letters and you get $20 off of that. So definitely worth it. Yeah, and you're definitely you want to be in attendance for those big games, big Big East rivalries. So, if you use SeatGeek, you use code HBTH, really helps us out and it saves you money. And yeah, I think that'll just about do it here for episode eight. Look for a Big East preview. We're gonna preview all the teams hopefully some point this week, so that'll come out later. And thanks for listening and watching.